0: Jumping into a, to a series entitled Relationships, we're all a little confused. How many of you know that is the truth right there? Like, like, relationships in theory seem really easy, but in practicality, we're all kind of a little bit confused. Whether we're single, dating, married for two years, married for, for 20 years, like it's, it can be, there's a, there's a struggle and a tension within every relationship. And in all honesty, kind of the heart behind this series it's to create in some sense kind of the trajectory for the rest of the year for our church. See, in just a few weeks, really in about a month, we're going to launch groups for the first time in Ethos Church. We're going to launch we're going to launch small groups. And in fact, I want to encourage some of you if you've had an interest in maybe leading a small group, we're going to begin sign-ups next week and have them running for about 2 weeks, then we'll do a small group leaders training, and then we're going to launch groups in February. And the way that our groups are going to function is they're going to be three seasons throughout the year. So we'll have Groups in the winter, spring, take off summer, and then re- reconnect again in the fall. And there'll be different, different seasons where they'll run for about eight to ten weeks each. So you won't be committing to a group for, like, the rest of your life. Because how many know that could be kind of intimidating? You step in and you're like, I don't really like any of these people. But now you don't know how to get out of it. You know what I mean? Like, come on, we've all been there. Let's just real talk in here. So, 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 we, so we do them in seasons to kind of give you the opportunity to connect with, with different groups, kind of really find what relationships fit. And our groups are all topical based. So they might be groups who work out together, who play ball together, who are doing a Bible study together. There are some commonalities between all the groups that we'll talk about in the, in the next month. But, but generally, just want to encourage you to begin thinking through if maybe, if maybe you would want to lead a group in this, in this, winter, in this winter season. But this, this particular series or collection of talks that we're doing about relationships, is really, it really comes from, comes from our vision. We have a vision here at Ethos Church that everyone would know God find freedom, discover purpose and make a difference. we we lean into wholeheartedly that freedom is found in the context of healthy, life-giving relationships. There's something about connecting people in healthy relationships that allows people to really find the freedom, the the sense of ah, oh, I belong here. I can take off my mask. I can be myself and it, it all kind of stems from from relationships. And that's where that's that's the heart behind this entire, entire series, the next several weeks of, of talks together. My wife and I are going to do a few of the talks together as well, which she's really excited about, because for the last three months I've been telling stories about her, and so now she's preparing to tell some stories about me, so we'll see if I let her talk or not, but um, that's how our relationship goes. I, I generally uh, am the one to decide who does the speaking in our family, um, which now means that I will be doing no more talking after church today. Now, no. But no, I'm excited to be able to, to, to do that with her. It's gonna be it's gonna be really it's gonna be a really fun series. But but I, I want to just give us I want to give us the context the, the scriptural foundation for all of our talks over the next several weeks. And it's imperative that you understand that here at Ethos Church, you don't have to believe everything that people around you believe in order to belong right here in this family. We really we we truly lean into that fact. I mean, we're just we're we're a group of people who does, we're a church that desire to kind of be a little slice of heaven, just just all different types of people, maybe even slightly different persuasions, and, and, and yet we come together, and we're, and we're a family. And yet, that being said, we do go to the scriptures. We go to God's holy word every week that we gather together. We lean into it knowing that it's the inspired word of God. That God, that he moved in the hearts of 39 different people throughout a period of 1,600 years to write 66 books that we've comprised together to call the holy word of God, the, the, the Bible. And together we see this theme all the way throughout it, which really is this idea that there is a relationship That God wants to have with humanity and that humanity ought to have with one another. I want to begin in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9, where Solomon, the son of David, who is king in this moment, David being the one who fought Goliath, he says two are better than one because they've got a good return for their labor. And if either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. In my head right there, I just heard like Mr. T. Like I've been preparing for this all week and I... But like, pity anyone who falls down, has no one help. Like, I just heard that, and so welcome to my world. But also, if, if only you knew what goes through my mind while I'm preaching up here sometimes, i got to stay focused. But also, if, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, and a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. I want to I wanna teach, just for the next 25 minutes, from, from a subject entitled, We is better than me. We is better than me. Can you look at the person next to you and say, we is really better than me. Me and you, we're better together than we are separate. If you didn't turn to your spouse first, you are in trouble, but let's pray one more time this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for the moments that we have to gather together and really just enjoy the friendship of the people all around us. God, we want to connect with you today. We want you to speak to us. So I'd ask that you would make up the gap between what I've humanly prepared and planned to say and what you want to speak to the hearts of every single person in this room today. God, we want to know your love in more magnificent ways throughout 2019. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So, of course, we're just coming off of the heels of Christmas, which I don't know about you, but, like, I really like Christmas a lot. Like, like, I, like once it's done, I'm ready for it to be done. Anybody else, like, the decorations need to come down Lights need to get put back in the basement. But, but the season itself, like, I am all for. Like, I, I, w- I want to go out. I want to see the lights. Like, I want to hear the music. Like, I want to experience the, the spirit of Christmas, so to speak. Like, I'm all about it, especially, especially with two young kids. Come on, when you got, like, young kids in the home, there's something even more special about that Christmas season. Come on, parents. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like my son now, he's four years old. We have, we have a daughter. She's ten Sophia Brielle and, and then our son Judah Liam. Judah Liam, isn't that a strong name, by the way? That's just a strong name. Like nobody's gonna pick on the kid at recess whose name is Judah. Like you just don't, you just don't pick. That's why we named him Judah. It's such a strong name. I love that name, Judah. It's, it's just it's strong. So Judah, though, he's four years old, and, and this was the first Christmas where Judah was was pretty into opening presents. Like he he kind of understood the, the concept. But what was so interesting is though the, the first gift that we get Judah, which was kind of one of the smaller gifts that we had, that we had gotten for him, and, and of course he's four, so he's thrilled by even the simplest of things, which oftentimes makes me wonder why we spend any money on our kids to begin with, like give him a cardboard box, like he's happy, and, and, but he, he opens this, he opens this gift, and it's just, it's this little garage, like about a foot long, a few inches wide, and there's like three garages on it, you can park your, your like cars in it, and and you can lock it with a little plastic key. And, and we, we go to give Judah, like, the, the next gift. Here, buddy, now open this one. No, just want the garage. Son, like, we got we to keep Christmas moving here. Like, we got to, you know, your, your sister wants to open some presents now. We got to, no, I just want the garage. Meanwhile, I'm thinking, like, let's can we return everything else? Like, this seems like the right stewardship thing to do here. And so, but, like, he was just all about, he's all about, the garage. You know what's great now about about being a dad as your kids start to get older is that you don't you don't have to ask for presents. You just get them the gifts that you want yourself. Like like a couple years ago, we got we got Judah these these oversized Legos. They're these these larger blocks and they function just like Legos. And they're 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 about nine ten inches long, a few inches wide, and, and and we every year we've been getting him more of them so that he can just kind of build this big fort. Like that's my goal. Like let's just make the let's just keep getting more legos the biggest fort we can possibly make the better so that so that I can build more forts and so 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 a couple years ago when we first got him these legos all Judah wanted to do was was build a big and tall tower as high as he can possibly build and he'd always say tall tower dad tall tower which meant he needed my help to kind of reach to the top of the tower meanwhile i was like buddy we we, we need to start using the Legos for what the Legos were intended to be used for, for forts, <laughs> and see the picture bud, like on the box, we got built, and so I started building these forts, and he did not want the fort to be built, he's, he's taking the Legos off the forts, he's kind of a little bit like, like no, and he's kind of tossing the Legos aside, like no, no, and we're kind of getting into like, I'm getting into like a, like a match here with like my, at the time, two-year-old son, like give me that Lego bag, I'm building my fort, you know, and <laughs> It's funny, though, because, because Legos, Legos in some sense, they're, they're a lot like relationships. Like, with, without instruction, we, we tend to kind of build whatever we kind of think they should be, and we really lose the overall purpose behind what they're, what they're, actually, what they're actually all about. Relationships are so important. Man, we, I, I believe with all of my heart that your relationships determine the direction and the quality of your life. You know, Americans today, I've been doing some research on, on this really over the past couple of years because since 2015, there's been, a, there's been a lot of research that's been done concerning the, the state of relationships within our, within our nation t- today. And, and Americans today, they're richer, more informed, and better connected than ever, yet we're unhappier, more isolated, and less fulfilled than ever. Persistent loneliness, meaning those who feel lonely that don't have a real close friend or a really tight connection and relationship with someone else or multiple people, persistent loneliness reduces the average lifespan more than twice as much as heavy drinking and more than three times as much as an unhealthy diet. Loneliness is now considered to be as physically dangerous and harmful to our bodies as smoking 15 cigarettes a day, a day. Today, Americans, on average, look at their smartphones every 4.3 minutes. Cumulatively, that amounts to two and a half hours of smartphone usage throughout a 24-hour period in one day. Isn't that crazy? Like, like this is kind of, in some regards, this is the state of relationships, at least within America today. As a church, we, we lean into the fact that the most important part of our journey is found in healthy relationships, we can have a great experience on a Sunday morning, but if we don't have great relationships outside of church on a Sunday morning, we have completely missed the point. I-, I believe this with all of my heart. My wife and I believe this. Our team believes this. You don't have to do life in faith here at Ethos Church. There's a bunch of great churches all around our city. I really believe that with all of my heart. But, but, but you, got, you can't do life alone. You can't. I pray that, that we would never be a part of the tragedy that is an isolated, lonely life. Your life is not shaped by information, it's transformed by, by relationships. Let me prove this. Think for just a moment, like, like this is a challenge for us right now. Think for just a moment about the 10 messages, the 10, the 10 sermons, the 10 podcast episodes, the 10 talks from a professor, the, t- the 10 conversations that you had with somebody who was a monologue of sorts, that, that really changed your life. I mean, it just, it set you on a course that you have yet to really, like, I mean, it's, 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 it's created the trajectory, so to speak, of your life, the ten conversations, the ten messages. Now think for just a moment about the ten people, the ten relationships in your life, whether positive or negative, that have really influenced your life one way or the other, they've influenced your life in a pretty major way. It is far easier to come up with the 10 relationships than it is to think about the 10 messages. Why? Because, because this monologues, they don't transform our lives. They're important, but this all, everything that we do here at Ethos Church, it's a setup. I'm going to let you in behind the curtain, so to speak. It's a setup for relationships. Everything that we do. I mean, Sunday morning, it's a setup for relationships, groups, set up for relationships, our team nights, set up for relationships, serving in our community, doing I Love My City projects, set up for relationships. It's the reason why I think we should always do everything we can to be around our community here at Ethos for those of us who are leaning into what God is doing here, that there should never really be an event that's low attendance because I really believe that what we do pales in comparison to who we do life with. Who we do life with actually determines what we're going to do in life. Have you noticed this? I'm, te- I'm telling you, man, relationships is what it's all about. And God is a relational God. And He created us to be just like Him, especially when it concerns relationships. So I want to I just, for the next 15 minutes, help us to understand why, why, why are relationships so important? according to God. I want to lean into going all the way back to the beginning in Genesis chapter 1. I mean, we're starting off from the beginning. In Genesis chapter 1, we, we pick up in verse 11. we want to read verse 11 and 12, and look at what God said about creation. He said, Let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, seed-bearing plants, and trees in the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed, according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed, according to their kinds. Then God saw what he had made and said, it's good. In other words, what God is saying here in those two verses is, I'm not just going to create the thing. I'm going to create the thing to reproduce and make more things just like it. So so that's why we have seed-bearing plants, there's, and there's a seed inside of it to create more plants just like it. That's why we have seed-bearing fruit that has seed inside of it to create more fruit just like it now 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 catch on to that for just hold on to that rather for just just a moment let's go down to Genesis 1 verse 27 where we begin to pick up where God creates mankind just so God created mankind in his own image in the image of God he created them male and female then God blessed them and said to them be fruitful and increase or multiply in number fill the earth and subdue it be fruitful and multiply. Same terminology he uses here that he used in Genesis 11 and 12. There's a seed inside of all of creation intended to make more of the same thing that it came from. God requires intimacy in order for things to multiply. Catch that for a moment. Because you can't have multiplication without Without intimacy. You can have increase without intimacy. See, you can, have, you can have seed inside of you. You can have increase in you. You can have great potential that God's put on the inside of all of us in order to multiply. But you can't multiply without, without intimacy within our relationship. Let me take this a bit further. There, there, is, a, there is a popular trend within, uh, within Christian church today. Where, where people are, are forsaking or, or choosing not to believe any longer in a literal hell or a literal Satan. In fact, I've got friends who kind of lean in, in this particular persuasion. Uh, but I'm just going to tell you right now, like, as a church and, and just myself uh, included, um, I just choose to believe everything that Jesus said. Like Jesus predicted his own death and then rose again from the dead three days later. I don't know about you, but I don't know anybody else who's done that. And so I'm just going to believe everything that that guy says. And so if Jesus talked about Satan, he talked about hell. Then I myself am going to believe the same things that that guy believed. And here's what here's what I know: that if you don't understand the enemy, you can't properly understand how to fight the enemy. the The enemy's number one job is not just to be nasty and mean. No, no, no. It's not just he's not just here to kind of make us miserable. No, 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 no. It, that's too shallow. That's that's. It's it's kind of it's a little bit it's a little bit bigger than that. The the, the enemy, the, the devil, Satan, he's he's really trying to create something inside of you that would guard against you ever experiencing intimacy. So he tries to create pain from previous relationship to guard against you ever experiencing intimacy in a relationship again. He tries to create opportunities within us that would guard against us ever experiencing. The thing that causes multiplication in our lives to begin with. So his, his real goal, his real goal is to get between you and others to stop intimacy. That's, that's the enemy's number one objective. Because he knows if he can stop you from having intimacy within a relationship, he can stop you, he can stop the seed inside of you. The potential within you from ever multiplying, from ever increasing. I mean, we can see this as a church, man. We, we, we lean into the idea that, that we want to be a church that, that really creates an atmosphere and environment where people who are far from God can come to know Jesus. Man, we want to introduce people to Jesus Christ. Unapologetically, we believe that he's the best of the best. He's the cream of the crop. There's nobody greater, nobody bigger, nobody more magnificent than Jesus himself. And yet, if we don't have healthy relationships with the people who we need to introduce to Jesus... They'll never listen to begin with. Therefore, never have the opportunity to experience the multiplication and to fulfill the potential of the seed that God put in them from before they were even born. It's why you always see the devil showing up on the scene throughout scriptures, trying to kill off babies, as he knows if I can kill it in seed form, it'll never experience the increase and in the multiplication that God put in them from the very beginning. Let me give you a modern-day example, and this is kind of a heavy one, and honestly, I. I was trying to think of another example, but this is the most obvious one, and and I kind of think it helps us understand this. Porn. P- p- pornography. It's, pornography is not just nasty and mean. No, no, again, that's, it is those things, but, but, but it's, that's, that's too shallow. Uh, over the last several years, I've been, I've been trying to read some of the, the effects of, of pornography, uh, both in males and females, and I'll just be honest with you, man, like, I always, always want to talk about real issues at Ethos Church, and so can kind of be uncomfortable to talk about some of these things. But the truth is, statistically, there's very few people who are void in this room of experiencing some of the repercussions that pornography has created within all of humanity. But here, here's what researchers have discovered. That, that, that porn is actually messing up genetically the chemical balance within humanity. And it, when we do enter into an intimate relationship with a husband and a wife within the marriage bed, it's actually stopping the closeness... That the marriage bed is intended to create, because there's this imbalance within us, and so though we may reproduce physically and have children, we never in, we, ne- we never experience the intimacy within the marriage bed and the closeness that God intended for that for that thing to, to be all about. It's, it's really it, you can see this all throughout different examples within within humanity, and then and then enter Jesus onto the scene. I'm telling you, man, God builds his kingdom relationally. He does. Because enter Jesus. Jesus' final instructions to us in Matthew 28, oftentimes referred to as the, as the Great Commission, his final instructions really mirror, really mirror Genesis 1, verse 28, where Jesus says, now I want you to go and make disciples. The, the idea of even making disciples, reproducing yourself, the idea is it requires intimacy. It requires, a, requires relationship. It requires something more than just kind of just this like arena, surface part of our lives. Man. God wants us to be intimate in relationship with each other. Truth be told, women are generally speaking better at this than men, and yet the same truth applies to both male and female. So practically, I want to give us just, just four, 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 what I'm calling four aspects of our lives that we need to kind of take inventory of as we enter into 2019. If we want to see God's best in our lives in 2019, if we want to see God do some, some, some miraculous and mighty things He through us, I'm telling you, church, I mean, you don't have to believe me, but I'm, I think I'm right on this. I'm telling you, it begins with your relationships. The first aspect of, of all of our lives is, is it's the arena. It's the arena aspect. Now, this is the part that I know and, and, and the part that, that you know, but it's the surface level of our lives. Now, there's a part of me that you know. Even if this is your very first time ever at Ethos Church, there's a part of me that you know. You know I have two kids. Uh, y- you know their ages. Uh, you kind of understand what I do. Like, like there, if I sat down with you for just a few minutes, I would kind of know a certain part of you. But that part that we know, it's the surface level of our lives. And oftentimes, we never get beneath the arena of our lives and really experience the intimacy to create the multiplication, the increase, because we, I don't know, I don't know if I'm comfortable. That requires vulnerability, transparency. That's, that's difficult. A few, several years ago now, I took a, a group of, of high school juniors who were going into their senior year and for one summer, I decided I'm going to meet with them once a week. We're going to go through a book together, but generally outside of that book, all we did was just get together. We, we ate lunch together, and we would just talk, just kind of get to know each other. Remember the first several weeks, uh, we, we it was just like total arena, like total surface level, you know? How's everybody doing? Good. Yeah, doing pretty good. Yeah? Everybody's good? Yeah. So what's new? Tell us about yourself. Well, you know, I've got a younger brother, an older sister, uh, I'm a junior at some, such a high school, and okay, cool, how about you, man? Next person goes, same thing, just kind of repeats what the person prior to them had said. And this went on for several weeks until eventually I thought, this is not going the way I thought that it was going to go. And, and it dawned on me that in order to, order to get what I was expecting to get, I got to give it first. And I thought, okay, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get real with you all. And I started to kind of share with them, here's currently in my in my current state, at my current age, here's, here's what I'm facing right now. Let me just tell you all up front, here's what's going on. What's going on with you? And suddenly the person I put on the spot was like, uh, yeah, actually, some stuff going on in my life too. And, and, and next thing I know, over the course of the next six to, to eight weeks, I mean, there were things that were shared that, that outside that circle nobody else wanted anybody else to ever, to ever hear I look back on that season, that's about seven years ago now, those guys who are in their mid-twenties now, they're all leaders of leaders in some regards in different areas of their lives. I'm telling you, there was multiplication that happened in the season where we decided to go beneath the arena surface of our lives. Look at what James says. James, the brother of Jesus, writes in chapter 5 of verse 16, he says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now, hear me, you go to God for forgiveness, but you go to God's people for healing. You really do. We need one another, we need each other. And, and the second part, second aspect of our life is, is the mask. Now, y'all know what the mask is. I pray that Ethos Church would be a place where we could all leave our masks at the door. I pray that our groups, as we launch them, would be a place where people could leave their masks out the door. The mask is, is I know, but you don't know. It's the part of my life that I know about, but you don't know about. The part that I know, but I don't really want you to know. It's, it's the, it's the mask. It's the part that we kind of keep concealed. But look, look at what Solomon writes in Proverbs 28, verse 13. He says, whoever conceals their sins, check this out, they don't prosper. They, they, they don't increase. They don't, they don't multiply. He says, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. I've discovered this in my own life. And I, and I venture to say that you probably discovered this to be true as well. That you will always be as sick as your secrets. The part of you that you hang on to. Because, man, I don't know. What are people going to think? What are people going to say? What are people gonna, how are they going to judge me? I pray that we would always be a church where it's like a judgment-free zone. You know, you know about Planet Fitness? You go in there, and, and it's, like, it's like the smartest, most clever gym ever, because they're like, we're going to give you donuts and pizza, so you have to keep coming back here for the rest of your life. But they have that judgment-free zone, right? Like, I pray that that would be what Ethos Church is all about, so that people would never feel the propensity to ever have to wear a mask. I've discovered that God is really more attracted to honesty than he is to perfection. He he, he doesn't care about, he's not concerned with you being perfect. He's concerned about you being, you being honest. The third part, third aspects of our lives we're winding down right here is, is the blind spot. Now the blind spot is, you know, but I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like this is, come on, like spouses, you, you know what I'm talking about right here. Like, like you know but I don't know. Hey, you kind of have like something hanging right here. I don't know about it, but you know about it. Help me out. But when it's a little bit more than that, just this morning I said something to somebody like, hey, you got something? And they got like offended at me. They were like, like, whoa, what? No, why are you telling me that? And I thought, because you want somebody else to see that? Like, no, I'm trying to help brother out here. And Come on, buddy. It, it's that we 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 are not our own. We think this sometimes. We are our own worst critic, but we do not have our own best interest or best perspective in mind. Uh, my wife and I, we over the years we've done a lot of a lot of marriage counseling and, and and worked with couples and 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 I always think it's interesting when somebody within a relationship and I say I think it's interesting, but I do this in our own relationship all the time. But chief of all sinners right here. But. But I always think it's interesting when when somebody, when a spouse will say, I know exactly what we need to do. No, you don't. Or you would not need to be here right now. But we don't. None of us know what's best. We don't. Like, like, you know, but I don't know, and therefore, I need you in my life. Look at Jeremiah 17, verse 9. It says, the heart is deceitful, and above all things, it's really beyond cure. Like, we need other people in our lives. But then check out Proverbs 27, verse 6. Wounds from a friend... Can be trusted. They can be trusted. People who love us, we can lean into them. That they, they can be trusted to help us grow, to help us increase, to help us multiply. And the fourth aspect of our life is the potential. It's the potential. It's the part that I don't know, and you don't know, and we will never know until we connect. We'll never know until we connect. Paul writes in Ephesians. 4 verse 16, he says, God makes the whole body, all of us, fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. Wow. I don't know, and you don't know, but we will never know until we until we connect. And so just another way of saying all of this is we really is. Better than me. It, it, it really is. Like, like I need you. Like I, I need Ethos Church. Like I, I need my wife as much as my wife, as much as I may think that my wife needs me. Like I need close friends as much as close friends may think that they need me. Like we need each other. So, so okay, so just kind of wrap it up close it up. So, why doesn't this happen more? Why don't we connect well with people? I could really only come up with, with two reasons. First one's because, because people, people are people and they hurt you, and they wound you and they bruise you and as a result we shy away from that which once hurt us that's why we use the terminology here, family because in our home, because we're family we, we, we have a rule in our home that we're not ever allowed to say divorce, ever can't say it, it's just a rule because we know, no, no, we're family. So therefore, we, we stay committed to each other, even if we don't really like each other right now. You know what I'm saying? People, they hurt you, man. You've got or because you, there's, there's a past. And something in your past has hurt you. And so it's keeping you from something great in your future. I think about when I was three years old, my 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 parents divorced. And I had two amazing families. Both homes loved me unconditionally and, and beautifully. And I don't think there was a day that went by that I didn't hear my parents tell me that they, that they love me, and, and yet there was quite a bit of tension and, and frustration in that relationship. And what's interesting is I didn't even realize the effects that that had on me until I got married. In all honesty, for the first several years of our marriage, I was so insecure because every time that we would get into, like, an argument or a disagreement, I always thought my wife was going to leave me. I just, I just thought, she's going to leave me. And I I, mean, I remember. T- I mean, there was times in our relationship where, like, I was so, I was in so much fear because I thought, oh my gosh, like, like we disagree, she's she's out. And I mean, I, I'm telling you, there was so much insecurity, and, and even today, I still have to kind of wrestle against it. But it's it's all a result of of some of that which I'm still I'm still having to remind myself that I am free from because there's things in our past, there's pain in our past, there's people in our past. That's hindering us from experiencing the exponential multiplication increase that God has for us in our future. The second thing, the only other reason I can think of outside of people that keeps us from connecting well, is, is pride. pride. Because we think, well, I don't, I don't need I don't need anybody else. I got this on my own. But here's what I've discovered that pride will protect in your life what's not worth protecting. It, it, it tries to protect or reputation of trying to fake your way through life, it's not worth protecting it. I mean, I would love to preach like some of my friends can preach. I'd love to be as funny as some of my friends are funny. But here's where I've discovered in my own life, and I've just kind of had to come to this, come to terms with this several years ago, that, that for me, in my own life, I can only be the best Jordan that I know how to be. So every single day, I'm trying to get better. It's progress over perfection. Just every single day, trying to take one step forward in the direction of what God's called me to do. Pride will protect that in your life, which is not worth protecting. It's called a reputation where we're trying to fake our way through life. So I have to empty myself of the resume that I want to be written and just go be the best Jordan that God created me to be. And we all need to do the same thing.